are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. Going to introduce the guys in a second. But before we do that, I want to talk about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. Do you think that your Dynasty Owner team is better than ours? We'll miss me with that, as it were, because I want to talk to you about exciting ways to play fantasy football. Listen, I just learned what that term means, like, seriously, five minutes ago, and I'm pretty sure these guys are messing with me. And the best way to play real fantasy football at DynastyOwner.com. At DynastyOwner.com, it is as close to being a real NFL GM as possible. Manage your salary cap and build a team within its confines. Orphan teams as well as new teams are available now for purchase, and rookie drafts will be starting in May with a 24-hour clock as a slow draft. So come test your skill at DynastyOwner.com now. And joining us, and also braying with laughter, we have Porkman. How's it going, Pork? I won't be myself. I wasn't laughing at you, Mike, with your terrible slang. <laughs> I'm doing well today. Finally got a new computer, look clearer. I'm not going to be jumping out of the jumping in out of pod every ten minutes. So excited okay. to have all that new stuff. As you Shut your mouth. You know, and it's it's great. Uh, you know, man, we're really hyped that you got a new computer because now we can see how squinty you are in crystal clarity. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you said that, I looked at him and he was squid so hard. That's funny. <laughs> oh, that's why we love it here. Oh, Chef, how you doing tonight, bud? Good to talk to you. Doing, I'm doing good, man. Ready to ready to let this be known, Sean. I'm ready to share a room with you uh, in Cleveland, so you can book Canton. it, baby. Book it, Canton, wrong city. Can Cleveland? Who gives it? I mean, <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. He's going to be there. And, Chev, great. I want to take a minute and talk about this before we introduce Nate. He's hanging out down there looking great this evening, too. Kenton Fantasy Football Expo, August 15th. That is a Sunday. Hall of Fame City, Canton, Ohio. Uh, I believe it is It's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Doubletree Hilton, Canton. Beautiful place uh, organized by Bob Long. Find them over at BigGuyFantasy.com. So come hang out. You're, you can hang out with us. I know the guys from Dynasty Trades HQ are going to be there. They're actually going to be a few booths down from us. Uh, our good friends over at Fantasy and Friends will be there and a bunch of other fantastic podcasts. So come hang out. Say hi. Um, shake my germy hand. You know, give me a hug. That's fine. Ew. Ew. disgusting. Yikes. That's great. So, um, And one person that you can meet and talk Debbie with, you got Nate Christian. How's it going, Nate? Hey, um, you can talk Debbie with me, but I'd rather just talk about the incoming rookies. I like this rookie class, especially one of the guys we're watching tonight. Mm. Should we just segue right into it? I mean, I think everyone knows who I'm talking about. Okay. And that is your running back number six. Six? Okay. And that is Hookah Williams. From Kansas, he's a Jayhawk. He's 5'10", 
170 pounds. He played in 26 games at uh, his three years at Kansas. Now, 2020 was only four games. Yes, what? He weighed in at his pro day. Okay. At 175 pounds. Oh, back and in only Oof. came in at five eight and a half. Oh, okay. Let it be known. Five pounds really count. Okay, and the two inches don't count, Nate? Because my they wife as well. Way. Okay, the two inches. Do, but <laughs> the 26 games, 415 carries for 2,382 yards. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns, 66 receptions, 534 yards. So he averaged 8.1 yards per reception and four touchdowns. So, Nate, apparently, according to some washed-up major league pitcher, you're a hack. But why don't you explain <laughs> what fuck that guy if you've been following and you know who he is? He can just his name is Brad Ziegler, people. I didn't even remember what his name was, to be honest with you. I knew it was like B something. I don't know if it was Brett or Brad. He is so irrelevant. Anyway, he does have no Wikipedia page, so I can tell you that. But Nate, talk to us about Puka. Likes, dislikes. Um, give me a good landing spot. Just tell me what you think, man. Yeah, so talking Puka, it's gotten me in a lot of trouble already. But I'm going to be banging this drum all year, banging it into the season, into next season. I don't know if the draft capital is going to be there. He's probably a late day three pick. There's a chance he goes undrafted. But one of my running backs in my top 10 last year went undrafted. That was J.J. Taylor. And look how that worked out. So I'm just going to say. It's okay. Puka, he is my RB6. He's over Kenneth Gainwell. He is over some other guys I know people like, like Ramondre Stevenson, Jamar Jefferson. Even I have him over at Shuba Hubbard. And it's not just because he's fast, which he is ridiculously fast. His burst past the line of scrimmage is top notch. But it's not just that. It's the fact that he has so much patience behind the line of scrimmage. He lets the plays develop. He lets his blocks develop. He manipulates linebackers with his eyes and his steps. He's keeping his feet moving. And then he's seeing the tiniest hole and running through it and getting to the second level. And he does this constantly. Plays on third and one, third and two. He's not big, but with his patience, he finds that two, three yards that he needs to get that first down. Puka offers so much in the receiving game. He, as you talked about the receptions, he has plenty of receptions. He averaged a lot of big plays coming off his receptions. He took wheels down the sideline, down the field. He took screens and flats, you know, for 20, 30 yards. He, he's just offers so much in this modern NFL with the receiving upside. I don't see him as a three down back. I don't see him having a RB one workload. I don't see him getting 30 touches a game. I don't expect him to get 30 touches a game. I'm not saying this guy's like, you know, one of the next elite running backs in the NFL, but with just a dozen touches a game, 10, maybe 15, this guy can be a great PPR running back for your fantasy team. He just needs the opportunity though. And you said landing spot. I mean, it's cheating with most running backs, but I'm going to say the top landing spot is the 49ers. I think this guy fits exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants. The speed, the patience, the vision, the receiving upside. 
He could do everything that Kyle Shanahan saw in Jarek McKinnon. And he could bring, and Kyle Shanahan's known for, you know, using running backs that are later picks or undrafted. And he gets a lot out of them. I think Puka can be part of that two, three headed monster that Kyle Shanahan wants to run with the 49ers and be a fantasy producer in that role. Okay. Yeah. I like uh, Puka's contact balance as well. Does anyone have anything negative to say about Puka? Does anyone want to knock Nate down a few pegs or? <laughs> All right. Let's bring in Bob from the studio. Where'd you at? <laughs> well, Bob's no, I mean, going to be watching. I don't, I don't see him. I mean, he might just be furiously typing away at his keyboard right now. I don't know. So he's no, I mean, I think the only thing for Puka for me is the size is obviously going to play a role in everything. Everybody's going to hate on his size. But like Nate said, his contact balance is really nice. The thing I like really most about Puka is he does have that vision. He has that patience, but he also knows how to disguise himself behind that line. So I watched mm-hmm. Puka literally duck down while he's moving out to the right side of the line to get open on a pass that's a wheel route. Like he did that on purpose. He didn't get the pass thrown to him but he definitely beat the linebacker because the linebacker could not see him. And in Puka, like they said, 31, 32, he, it's not always about the patience for him either. Like if he sees the hole, he's going to run as fast as he can to get through it. And that's really what I do like about Puka. I think he understands the game really well. I think he understands what he does well and what he doesn't do well. So I think the patience sometimes maybe getting him, get him into some trouble in the NFL uh, with the speed of some other guys that are on the line and, uh, playing safety, but I don't think it's going to be a negative thing for his game. Uh, and I also think, I mean, his pass catching is just so unreal. Like if he gets to a spot, I don't know if he has to be the guy right off the get go. If he can just be a guy that is a in a McKissick role, like at mm-hmm. uh, Washington this next season, where he's catching passes out the backfield, I'd be super excited for him. I think he definitely has the talent. Uh, like said, uh, Nate said, it's going to be curious to see where he lands. And maybe if he doesn't even get drafted, where he goes after that, because a lot of people are probably down on him because of size and whatnot. But the dude is a baller. Uh, he made he's been making plays since his freshman year. I think he dropped like 300 yards against OU. So I think he's got some great skills, man. I, I'm really looking forward to see where he lands because his skill set can definitely be used in special teams and whatnot too. So he's a he's a bruiser too. If he, if you think he's gonna juke you out, he's gonna run right over you that one play that you think so. So. You got to be watching at all times. You got to attack him, or he's going to attack you. You know, he fights for everything too. Mm-hmm. You know, yep, exactly. another thing I noticed: like he'll just blow by a linebacker, and then when a DB comes up, he just slaps him away. He's like, "Nah, nah, you're you're out of here, dude." Um, Pork thoughts on yeah? Pluto? He kind of he kind of had yeah. I'm 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 up there. I don't know if it's six. It might be like seven or eight. But I really do like Puka. Uh, the only negative thing I would say is that he's not, he's kind of below average of pass blocking. Uh, he's getting kind of run over because he was a little bit smaller, but when he runs, he does run with more than he looks like. Cause if he's 175 and he's running people over and stiff arming people, I don't think they expect it. So when they got this small guy coming at you and he's freaking knocking your, uh, knocking your head in the dirt, you don't expect it from a small guy like that. But pretty much everything that Nate and Chef said about Puka, I love about him. He's just fast. He's quick. He can catch. This is what you're looking for in a new age running back um, because, let's be real, there's no workhorse running backs in the league. So you need that third down guy. 
So once you work, once he works on his pass blocking, as he already got the catching down on third down, he can be a stud for PPR. Because you know you're not you're not going to get those PPR on carries, but you'll get the PPR points for the catches, and that's what matters. I think the pass blocking too. He he's just a small stature guy, but I think he does what he needs to do. Most of the time, he's just so small. When he's facing a three hundred down, a three hundred pound lineman, it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. It's definitely gonna it's look off, tough, right? But I think he does what he's supposed to do. It's just he's just a little guy, and that's just taking that's the three hundred pounder versus him. One seventy five, one seventy five point two, maybe. I mean, it take he takes a lot. <laughs> so, th- go ahead, Mike. No, no, I was gonna ask if you wanted to talk about his feet. Um, oh, you can talk about his feet, Mike. <laughs> Size thirteen, right? He's missing some of his like toes or something, right? Yeah. What? In a lawnmower accident when he was a kid, he lost like all the toes like on his left foot or something like that. What? And he's still out there doing that. So that that makes it even more impressive the fact that he doesn't have that strong oh. big toe. <laughs> but, but what else did you have that? So I just I get that BMI is important for running backs. They take a lot of hits. But as I've said, and I think we've all said, we don't expect him to have a three-down role, being all, you know, workhorse running back, 30 touches a game. You know, 10 to 15 is what he's going to get and what he should get. But, you know, there's a lot of people on both sides of the Devonta Smith BMI controversy with is he big enough? I don't feel like anyone's talking about the fact that Puka is basically Devonta Smith, but as a running back, um, you know, has a small period of incredible production. And, (laughs) you know, I just want to say Puka is great. I will say, even if Puka doesn't make it as like a running back, there's still a possibility, I think, for him to be in the slot, too. I think that definitely is a possibility for his game. So I, mm-hmm. I think there's multiple ways that he can score points for you in fantasy. I mean, if, if you're in a deep Debbie league or a deep roster league, maybe even returning points, too. I mean, they're all going to be there if he definitely gets the opportunity, I think. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, you know, I think a lot of times people see a, a, any player at running back six, running back seven, to understand something. Once you get past, like, maybe the top four or five, you're looking at role players. You're not looking at starters. You know, these aren't the only guys that are going to be running backs in the NFL. So uh, that's mm. something to definitely take with a grain of salt. But does anyone have anything else to add to Puka before? Uh, Just looking for the draft sure capital in the landing spot. Yeah. yeah. And I think that could probably be said about a lot of these guys. They were talking about tonight. So let's move on. We're going to talk about Demetric Felton from UCLA. And until Nate tells me otherwise, he is 5'10, 200 pounds. <laughs> uh, and I do need to let you know that for the first three years of his collegiate career, he was a wide receiver and he transitioned to running back in the last year. Oh, it's, yes. What? That's the ESPN measurables. The senior bowl. He went to the senior bowl. He measured in. <laughs> At five, eight and a half, 189 pounds. I'm sorry. Can you just repeat that one more time? Demetri <laughs> Felton weighed in at the senior bowl, measured five foot, eight and a half, 189 pounds. That is a lot or not a lot. That's less. But anyway, so 
His five five foot eight, one hundred eighty nine pounds, also got him thirty one games played, two hundred thirty three carries, one thousand one hundred one yards. He averaged four point seven yards per carry, so not anything great. But then again, he was only a true running back for one year. Seven touchdowns, and he had ninety nine receptions, nine hundred fifty eight yards. He averaged nine point seven yards per reception and eight touchdowns. So stats are pretty close as far as yardage wise and touchdown wise. Obviously. Attempts and receptions are um, are different, but um, okay. We're not going to start with Nate this time because you got all the people out. Pork, we're going to start with you. <laughs> all right, Demetric Felton for me is uh, it's kind of a conundrum for me because I wanted to like him as I'm looking at tape. You're distracting me, Mike. What are you doing? Don't look at me. Can you talk, look at yourself because then it's it seems like you're making eye t- contact with your camera and the viewer. That's what I'm Shut doing. Shut your right. mouth. Okay. <laughs> anyway, like no, with Demetric Felton to me, I'm not really sure how I'm gonna like him in the NFL. Um, just looking at how he runs in between the tackles, he seems like this is a one cut uh runner type of back. So I don't I'm just depending on what scheme he goes to. It might be like one of those uh, just straight, straight running type stuff. Um as Chev and you guys always laugh at me, I always look at hips. Um, he has very <laughs> he has tight hips, and that, that kind of bothers me because when he's in open space, he doesn't really have any other moves. Um, me and Chev were just sitting there looking at film earlier, and he just kept doing this spin move, and it was like the only move that he really ever had. And then he tried to juke somebody else out when he was in open space, and the, all the linebacker had to do was square up with him and just knock him down. So I think, in my opinion, his role for right now is going to be more of a special teams type of guy, uh, kick returns and punt returns because he does have that type of speed. Um, but when he does, uh, when he does catch the ball, he does have good hands. I do enjoy that. But um, route running to me, he needs a little bit of a um, little bit of help with that too. Because I was looking at some one v ones in the Senior Bowl, and he seemed to not have that much of balance or footing for me. So I'm not really sure what that was about. I don't know if that was with his cleats or. <laughs> I don't know if that was with his cleats or with with the turf that he was running on, but um, if he does um, go with being a wide receiver, I feel as though he's going to just need a little bit of help with that. So I think just special teams right now, and then if he does get a spot, I know we keep saying the freaking 49ers, but that's the that's like the best <laughs> every landing spot, team. every landing spot because you can get. Jermichael Hasty McTasty, he went there and looked good last year. So, I think Demetric Felton would look good in Arizona. He could. Would he be enough to get rid of? Like, would he be enough to surpass an you know Benjamin or Jonathan Ward? Yeah. You think you okay? You because I kind of like Ward better than I like Felton. To be honest with you, you, you want to know what for Dimitri Felton is, and you coming in with your facts and ruining my ESPN height and weight measurement kind of <laughs> bust that up a little bit. But my comp for him was kind of like a poor man's Curtis Samuel. You do everything pretty good. He's not overly great at everything. You know, he could be used in the backfield. He could be used in the slot. Probably put him outside mm-hmm. too. Um, but then, you know, because the height and weight that I had were similar to Curtis Samuels. I had 5'10", 200, and Curtis Samuel comes at a 5'11", 195. So we're pretty much um, right there. Linda wants to know, uh, what does Nate know about Felton's feet? <laughs> I don't know anything about his feet. I don't even know what size shoe he wears. Okay, well, Paints his big um, toe before every football game, I heard. There we go. <laughs> and it's the opposing team's color, too, to kind of get in their heads a little bit. Um, 
you know, uh, we're talking about landing spots. We always say the 49ers. I'm really interested to see who the Texans draft. David Johnson, very structured. They signed Mark Ingram as a free agent. So there's going to be a guy. These two guys haven't really been able to stay on the field much the last couple of years. I'm interested. Whoever the Texans draft. You know, I'll just say about uh, Dimitri Felton before I move it on here. Yeah, he doesn't go down easy. He's always moving, which I like that. Um, one of the things I like about him, I think he's a fundamentally sound player with good situational awareness. So he knows I have to pick this guy up. He knows I have to turn here. He's he's solid. He's mm-hmm. he's going to be a guy that can come in and contribute right away when the guys that are taken at the top of the draft are sitting on the bench because they can't get the playbook down or they're not fundamentally sound, but they have the higher ceiling. That's that's how I feel. And then when he does that, you trade him immediately. And then we go to Chev and see what he thinks about Dimitri Felton. Yeah, I mean, I think he's okay at everything, but I don't know if he's somebody that you really want to rely on at the very beginning. You definitely want to set him on your taxi squad, and you're going to have to wait a little bit probably for him. Like Porkman said, he may get in on special teams, but I don't see his role being too great this next year and maybe not the year after that. Uh, it really just depends where he's landing at. But I think he's okay at everything, but – He's probably somebody that I'm not going to be targeting very highly in my drafts at all. So he'd definitely be a late round guy that you're you're hoping to get and just stash for a little bit and hope he pops off and maybe get get rid of him, like Mike said. But I think he's I don't hate him, but I don't think I don't have as much excitement for him as I do some of the other running backs in this class. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was really excited to watch Demetric Felton, um, just knowing his skill set knowing that he was a receiver for two years and now running back. And I was like, okay, we just saw Antonio Gibson do very well in that same style. But this guy doesn't play like Gibson. You know, he's a very different player, a um, lot smaller, and that's kind of why. But I was disappointed by Felton. Um, he kind of grades out in my system, like around like J.J. Taylor last year. Um, but I'm more disappointed in Felton's film and how he graded out while with Taylor, I was like excited about it. So there's that. So I'm actually, I still prefer JJ Taylor over Dimitri Felton, but I think he, like everyone said, you know, does everything well enough that he can have a role at the next level. And he had a good senior bowl, his senior bowl. He looked more athletic. He looked smoother. He looks more explosive. So um, he might've, I think, you know, he might've dropped weight. You know, if you said he was 200 pounds, now he's coming in at 189. He dropped some weight, you know, he looks quicker, looks more mm-hmm. athletic. And, if he's going to come into the league just like he played, but more athletic and quicker, I mean, this guy has some upside. It, it's really going to come down to draft capital. I think he's like a early to mid day three guy because of the senior bowl. Um, yeah, I but, think that's right. I think he's, I think that's right, Nate. Because the we'll whole see what the thing, spot is. I think the weight thing, you got something to that because when I saw it was just his change of direction, it wasn't as sudden as you know we was talking about Puka Williams because they kind of have the same type of role, you know, catching the ball at the backfield and stuff like that. So I think him cutting weight, I think he's just trying to get a little, a little bit more laterally quick so he can make those quick cuts in the next level. Yeah. Agile. Yeah. You know, um, maybe just a weird spot, the Raiders, he could be kind of like what they wanted Lim Bowden to be last year. Yeah. No, maybe that's mm-hmm. that. He's, he's he's better. Also, what Booker's Booker's gone and DeAndre Washington's gone. So, yeah, and they hate um, 
Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. It'll throw him the ball. Hey, we got a question here from uh, David Ibrahim, and you can find him on Twitter at Fantasy Go. Uh, he wants to know, so does this do anything for Aguilar, Janu Smith, and Hunter Henry's dynasty value? Are we talking about the Cam signing, or he is a Patriot? All of them signing. Yeah, all of them signing. Jesus it's Christmas. down for all of them. I had John New and Henry as tight end ones in Dynasty. Now I have them both as high end tight end twos. Yeah, I mean um, maybe Agler's value goes up a little bit, but like they they're gonna draft somebody. They got to. They have to. Well, they they had to draft Nikhil Harry in that didn't Man, and I they think... still have forty million in cap space to do something else. That's Sean. crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it, I mean John Smith and Hunter Henry they both had trouble staying healthy so I think if one of them is healthy and the other one is not then I think it definitely goes up from there but I mean for me I would have more confident be more confident in John Smith and Henry just because of Cam's arm I don't think Cam wants to sling it way down the field like he used to or I think he wants to stay in between keep it low keep the ball moving down the field and running if he needs to. I, I just don't see him being a, a gunslinger this year. I think that's not going to be what their offense is going to be all about. I think he's definitely going to be checking down to these uh, tight ends and even maybe uh, running back that they choose too. So it'll be interesting to see. I I, I don't hate it. Sean would be a better guy to talk about this, I think. He's the one that's been going through this massive <laughs> signing spree. Don't talk to Sean about it. His head's spinning. He's struggling. Yeah, he is. He said, get away from me with that, right? Is that what is that with that, bro? You messed it up. <laughs> God. I will say this does help Cam. I'm kind of on Cam for this year. Um, I mean, Slightly. with the upside, with the rushing. For sure. With the rushing upside, with the weapons there, I think he throws really well to tight ends. I mean, I think for redraft, he's like a low quarterback one. I mean, he's probably mm-hmm. with the, if he plays all 16 games, He's going to finish a top 12 quarterback. Question. Him or Andy Dalton? I'm taking Cam. Okay. Cam. Uh, I'm taking Cam as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Cam, man. What do you think about this Andy Dalton signing in um, in Chicago? <laughs> Are they drafting somebody? Do you have any idea? Uh, my inside source said they're bringing back Trubisky to play tight end, so... That's what they should have done last season. Logan I think. Thomas but, style. Yeah, Logan Thomas. He's going to be a dual thread fantasy this year. <laughs> no, man. I, it, it's just their MO. It's what they've done the last 10 seasons. It seems like they just bring a guy in and say, oh, well, hopefully good luck. I mean, at least we have Nick Foles, I guess, to lean on. We don't have a, a rookie quarterback, I guess, at the moment. I don't know if they'll even draft one, but it's just their MO. They want to bring in these, these random guys out of free agency and just hope for the best and – See how it goes, but I'm I'm not too excited this season. I'm not gonna lie, boys. Yeah, I, I, let's I, go get somebody. But I, right, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I don't. I mean, hate it, I'm not it's saying not it's exciting. Great. Right. It's definitely yeah. a downgrade to if you're expecting Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. <laughs> but I mean, Andy Dalton is a yeah. okay quarterback. I mean, with I'm about to say, don't say good, Nate. With <laughs> Allen Robinson, I don't see why. They can't make the playoffs. I don't. I mean, Andy Dalton's. I don't want to say he's as good as Kirk Cousins, but like kinda. Nate, I'm gonna I, stop you right there. If <laughs> if Helen Robinson is not gonna come back to play for Nick Foles, 
I don't think he's going to get full chub for old Andy Dalton. I mean, I don't think he's going to want to come out and be like, I don't think he wants to come out and play for old Andy Dalton. I'm sorry, but (laughs) I did not see him get super thrilled about that move. And I, uh, I saw that uh, the uh, Bears were also shopping Anthony Miller. Yes, as well. And then uh, I'm not sure who this is. Sorry, Facebook doesn't pop up on here. That's David. That's David again. But Ibrahim again. Do we have any faith in John Ross now that he's with the G-Men? Nope. He might play cornerback this year for him. Stashing. If you, if you, no, I would take him. If it for cheap, I would take John Ross. Honestly, he, truthfully, Cork, man, he'll never see your roster, man. You I, think he, I, he's just waiting for that one game right? where he drops a, a 65? No, here's the thing. He, he's going exactly. That's that's the thing. Like Mike always says, you you look at a player, you say, oh, I don't want him. But the thing is, you can get like last year. Nobody wanted Travis Fogel. Mike got Travis Fogel, traded him for a second round pick. Why not? I don't I think it's I fantasy, especially with big rosters and redraft. Hell no. But dynasty, <laughs> hell yeah. Why not? Yeah, every you know the way I see it is, <sighs> and I learned the hard way. Like the bottom of your roster can be the most profitable part of your dynasty team. You know those guys where, you know, I, I really want to do this. Can you can you give me anything else? How about John Ross? You're really thin at wide receiver. He might fill in on some bye weeks, or he could be another piece for you. Oh, yeah. I'll, okay, we'll do it. Throw in John Ross. You know what I mean? Like like Pork said, Travis Fulgham was my deal of the season right there. I picked him up off waivers for like eight waiver bucks, and I flipped him for a second-round pick to a contending team. So why not, right? Like you have to just appreciate the value and everything. But then at the same point in time, you also have to know when to let people go. So this is a good question, all right? So we're going to go back to this. We have any faith in John Ross now that he's with the G-Men because if we have faith in him, we should also have faith in Dante Pettis, who's still on the giant, <laughs> right? Because it, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite here, but... Guys, you're going to be waiting guys. to sell that guy for a long time, Mike. He's going to die on your roster, dude. Yes, I know. <laughs> John Ross signed for one year. 2.5 million, 1 million guaranteed. This guy could be cut before the season even starts. Exactly. He's not I rather not that big of a deal. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> John Ross. Hey, what what was he drafted? Eighth overall? Ninth. Oh, oh my gosh. I remember <laughs> when the Bears drafted a guy that, that high at a wide receiver. That was fun. Kevin White? Kevin White, that was his name. Yeah, Kevin White. Exactly. I like Kevin White a lot. He was exactly. a good prospect. Remember Hakeem Butler? I love watching him play. Kevin yeah. White was DK nice Metcalf before DK Metcalf. Yeah. Speaking of remembering things, do you remember when um, fantasy Twitter was like analytical stock Twitter for like a day and a half? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? AJ Dillon Twitter was fun too. That was a good AJ time. AJ Dillon Twitter was not fun. Not fun at all. Annoying. I didn't get on Twitter for like two or three days after that. Nathan, yeah. like, I just got tired of seeing pictures of his thighs. Like, can he run the ball? <laughs> Hey, we know that Garrett Price doesn't like AJ Dillon, but I don't know why Garrett Price doesn't like Puka Williams. Yeah, did you watch the film, Garrett? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did you? Hey, um, this is the same guy who also liked JJ Ortega Whiteside. So right, I'm gonna just keep bringing it up. Uh, yeah, better stop. Yeah, better chill. Let's not remind GP Garrett knows that I love him. Let's not remind Garrett that he liked JJ Ortega Whiteside and Stanley Morgan Jr. We don't need to bring those <laughs> things up here on this podcast. He did but also he Slayton. He Darius Slayton, Alexander yep. Madison. Yeah, everybody, uh, everybody has their misses. DJ right. Dallas. 
Listen, short I, stint. He still I, could be relevant I, this year, I, too. He got a chance. Relevant. Yes. Yes, exactly. Give, give me Puka in Seattle. I would love that. Uh, I would love I don't to know see about that. that. I don't know. Uh, about that. I think he could get the ball thrown to him, though. I think he could be a big move in that offense. I think he could be good. I don't know if the volume's there. <laughs> Hey, Jared, we're, we're not being disrespectful. We love you. We love you here at the Rewind. We do love you, Garrett. You know, I could send you the link right now. You could come on and defend yourself. Just text me. Um, Jorge, <laughs> thoughts on it? Wait a minute. Shouldn't you be doing the Dynasty Nerds right now? Maybe. They record, they record Tuesday nights. I don't yeah, know what time, though. I thought it. I don't know. Maybe it. Maybe he's driving. I don't know. Maybe. Garrett. Don't periscope and drive. Um, Jorge wants to know thoughts on Anthony Miller's dynasty value. Chef, I want to kick this one to you. We were just talking about him, but I think you have a better gauge on this. You you don't know. I mean, I'd rather have Mooney. I'd rather have a whole bunch of other people, I think, right now than Anthony Miller, especially if he – who knows where he's even going to go. I mean, he could go to a place that is terrible for what he wants to do. Like, if he goes to a place they already have a slot guy, then he's going to be in big trouble, I think. So, I mean, I would – Hope he lands in a good spot. I would just hold and wait to see if he lands in a better situation maybe. Um, maybe he goes to a team with a better quarterback. But Anthony Miller, dynasty value right now, probably the lowest it's been, I would think. Yeah. yeah. I think this is probably the perfect time to buy him if, if you really want to. Because, I mean, it's the fact that I think it's not the talent with him. It's more the injuries. You know, can you trust him staying healthy? Because when he came out, People were comping him to Antonio Brown, which is probably outrageous as it is anyway, because he obviously that's not him. But Anthony Miller, he's he's talented. It's just you know, I think we had that shoulder injury, right, Chef? He just kept having that nagging shoulder injury. Yeah, and he did his. He was not getting a grasp. I don't think for the playbook either. I think it was just mm-hmm. the whole nine yards, him missing time, him missing out on those reps. I think it was just. He wasn't practicing because the shoulder, I think, too. So that definitely sucked for him. But yeah, the shoulder was definitely a, a huge issue. I mean, he kept playing through it, but didn't do too much with it. John Ross or Anthony Miller, guys? Is the question. I'm going to pass. Garrett's also checking in and saying, Y'all, some haters, lol. Puka is fine, but more like running. RB10. The- 10 to 12. I mean, Puka is my RB6 and my RB7 is Kenneth Gainwell. And we are going to talk about him right now. Nate, you might be the new Segway master because Kenneth Gainwell from the University of Memphis. It is important to note that Kenneth Gainwell did keep Antonio Gibson off the field. Certain points in the 2019 season, he did opt out of the 2020 season, but he is 5'11", 191 pounds. Is that right, Nate? Nate, he hasn't done his pro day yet, but I'm just going to say that that weight and height, that BMI is not that much more than Puka. Just going to say that. <laughs> Jesus Christmas. So is he played two seasons. Get you a Puka tattoo. But he only played in 18 games. So Memphis seems to be having, aside from Daryl Henderson, who did get a lot of run, uh, they seem to be putting out guys uh, a lot of really, really high ceiling. We don't know about the floor. But really, really raw. So 18 games total, 235 carries. Now, now it sounded so raw. Thanks a lot, Mike, making myself look like an idiot. 1,550 <laughs> yards, 6.6 yards per 
yards per carry. I don't get a lot of looks. 14 touchdowns, 57 receptions, 662 yards, 11.6 yards per reception, and three touchdowns. So maybe not as raw as I thought, but at the same point in time, um, 18 games at the collegiate level. So what is this? Puka shell necklace? (laughs) Bring it back. Bring it all back. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to start on Kenneth Gamewell here because I don't like him that much. I was really expecting to be wowed. I'm like, all right, a Memphis running back, you know, Antonio Gibson, Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard. I was a huge Tony Pollard fan. Like, who is the next great Memphis running back? And then I watched the tape and I was like, okay. I mean, he's fast and he's really athletic. But he's really inconsistent. You know, his his upside is going to leave you really, really frustrated at times. I think he's going to get overdrafted in both the NFL and your rookie drafts due to Memphis running backs past success. Um, the legs don't always keep moving. And look at verse Tulane. This was in 2019. Okay. So keep in mind he finished with 1,459 rushing yards and 610 receiving yards on the season. But verse Tulane, 18 carries, 104 yards, and one touchdown. So not a big chunk of his rushing work. But nine carries for 203 yards and two touchdowns. So that was a third of his receiving work in just one game. Um, I do think his versatility will help him get on the field. And I do have an ideal spot for him since Curtis Samuel didn't resign. I'd like to see him go to Carolina. And I think he would spell Christian McCaffrey good. The pressure would be off of him in Carolina. He's not going to ask to be the lead guy. And I think people are going to decrease his value. I would actually bump him up in my rankings if he went to a spot like that. You could split him out wide. You could put him in the slot. You could put him in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey. It would be very, very hard to defend that. So if anyone would like to tell me why I'm wrong. So, Mike, you're basically saying that Kenneth Gainwell is the next Reggie Bonifon. Maybe. You're copying him to Reggie Bonifon. <laughs> yes, maybe. Uh, but did they put Bonifon <laughs> on the field a lot with, with McCaffrey? Or? No, because it wasn't good. Because like, he had 99.9% of the carries. Well, they need to knock that back a little bit. They really do. Yeah. So um, we do have a comment here, but let's get uh, let's go around the horn. Who would like to agree or disagree with me first, Chef? How about you? Let's start with you. Yeah, I, I would say I was a little bit underwhelmed about what I saw. Um, but there was plays where I was super excited for him too. Like he's not going to be a guy that's going to be super elusive. He's going to be somebody that bounces off tackles, I think, and somebody that is just a strong runner through through arm tackles. I think he does that very well. I love seeing him catch passes out of the backfield. So, I mean, if he gets nine catches for 200-something yards, you're sitting at like 29 points or something like that, something crazy for just doing that, and then you add his other points in. So I think he does well out of the backfield. I think he blocks decently. I think he does everything really well. Uh, but like you said, the elusiveness is just not there. I think he has some speed, but it's just not part of his game to just go out there and throw a bunch of jukes out there. He's going to get you what he can get, and then that's mm-hmm. about it, unless he can break some of those arm tackles, which I did see. So, I mean, there was some film that was a little bit underwhelmed, but then there was also some film that I'm like, okay, he's got some upside. There's some things that he does really well. And if he can show that in the NFL and be more consistently uh, doing those things, I think he could definitely pay off for you in your rookie drafts. But I think a lot of people have him really high right now. So he could get overdrafted maybe, but I think it's definitely going to be a landing spot dependent for him. I think – 
he will move up if he goes to a good spot. If he doesn't, I think people will kind of maybe fade him a good amount in their rookie drafts. I just want to make a, just a comment real quick here. The, the main difference between, uh, that I noticed between Kenneth Gainwell and Puka Williams, Kenneth Gainwell, when he gets whacked, his legs stop moving. It's like you flip the switch. Puka, he's going to hit you back, and those legs are always churning. You know, you know, he's fighting for everything. and It just seems to me like Gainwell, like he just feels like he's so much better than everyone else on the field, maybe because mm-hmm. of that and raw athleticism. I don't know. It just feels like maybe he's not trying so hard at times. That's not going to translate well to the NFL at all because the, the linebackers in the NFL, they don't care if it's practice or not. If they can get a clean shot on you, and they could show up the flashy rookie, you know they're going to do it. Right. Yeah. All right. Who wants to talk Gainwell next? Pork, you um, look like you're chomping at the bit. Go ahead, Pork. <laughs> He's ready. Look at him. So, so I think I'm going to refuse to talk bad about another Memphis running back because I kind of blew up my Twitter <laughs> last year. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, just being real. Um, I'm kind of with Mike on this one a little bit. It just seemed – because. I'm 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 not I'm gonna be honest with you guys, right? So I'm watching Kenneth Gainwell's film at my in-laws, and I'm falling asleep. Like I'm literally falling asleep because I'm looking for something that's gonna pop out to me, and there was really nothing. I and I I saw more of a basic type of running back in between the tackles with good with with pretty good hands, um, better than better than average hands. But when it came down to it, you know. I think sometimes we get caught up in trying to find the big play, but I think he's going to be the type of guy who's going to be, you know, he, he has the potential to be a three down runner, but it's not going to be as efficient as I think we're, that we're looking for. Um, and I know I, we, we was looking at film earlier, like I said before, and somebody said that he was like, uh, he has cheetah like speed. Right. So I looked at his 40 time, from, well, it was from high school because obviously we don't have a pro day yet, and he ran a four six. It's not not really not really cheetah time in my opinion. So, so, so this not really is sure where it's getting that from. Yeah, that is like sometimes. like David Montgomery. That's what they did to him. Oh too. yeah, like, it was almost like the same thing. I think we always saw today. It was like cheetah like speed won't catch it's him like or they, something. It's like they copied like and pasted it. And I'm like, what? So you're. What what are you trying to do? You're trying to just bump up his his value, which I mean, I'm I appreciate you. Shoot, if I was him, I'll be happy if you told that about me. But I know I'm not fast. Freaking slow as hell right now. Thirty three. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> when it comes to it, I mean, I can see myself drafting him, but it's going to be extremely uh, landing spot dependent. Second round, possibly. Um, if he's available early third, I think there'll be a good value. But I think if he goes to a good landing spot, it'll be like mid to late second. Okay. Yeah. So I think Kenneth Gamewell is going to be a guy that I don't have a lot of share of just because I mean, it's not that I don't like him. I'm just not particularly impressed with him. And I think mm-hmm. he's going to go a lot higher than I'm willing to draft him. He is athletic. He has great burst. He runs quick and he has a long speed to finish runs. And he has decent size. I think, you know, he could add some to his frame, but, you know, he's got to keep that agility and that speed. And he does offer, you know, some exciting plays. He has some quick feet. He has good highlights on catching the ball and running. He lines up in the slot outside a lot. But at the end of the day, I really am not too impressed with Kenneth Gamewell as a runner. 
He didn't have the vision that a lot of the other running backs in this class have. He's not a guy who is going to look at the play develop behind the line of scrimmage. Like, you know, he runs exactly where the play is set up. And that's mm-hmm. where he crosses the line of scrimmage. He's not going to, you know, go to a different path. He's not going to, you know, do one cut and go up. He kind of just runs right where he's directed to. And, I mean, he can make some people miss, but he's not overly elusive. Um, mm-hmm. He has some decent power, but, you know, he is a little limited by his weight. So, and also for a guy who's supposed to be like such a good, you know, receiver, I thought he had a lot of body catches. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times he was catching it with his body. And I, I mean, I don't want to see that for my running back, especially. Um, so at the end of the day, I have this guy ranked in my system exactly the same as Cam Akers from last year. And I was not a big Cam Akers fan. Um, he was also my RB6 last year, Cam Akers. So mm-hmm. the rankings are about the same. I mean, maybe that's a good thing. I mean, I still have him ranked, you know, as a decent starter, but I'm just not as excited about him as some of these other people. I mean, I see the upside, but I just don't think he's going to reach it. He's an athlete playing running back, not an athletic running back. So the thing for me, it was the the narrative was like, this was the guy who kept Antonio Gibson out of the backfield and be a running back. Yeah, you were expecting just, to be like wowed, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I expected. So, you know, obviously I wasn't the biggest fan of Antonio Gibson as a running back, but I loved him as a receiver. So maybe they was just – they saw that he's really talented at receiver and they probably promised Gainwell he would get carries as well. So it was – I guess that was a dynamic. Though. So I was just saying just look at film and see what you see and don't go from a dynamics like we were talking about from ESPN and stuff like that because stuff can get jaded a little bit. Yeah, and – Speaking of looking at film, if there's a time where we're all in consensus or, we, you know, whatever, we don't watch film together. Like, yeah. I know Chev opens up his stream yard before the show and, like, he hangs out and watches a little bit and people can hop in and out. But we watch film separately. And then, you know, I might text the guys maybe every once in a while. What do you think? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I don't. I don't hear anyone's opinions really until the show. That's the exciting so, part. We come in here and we don't know what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. We I, look at, I look at film prior and then I just like looking at film with Chef because I like to see what he likes to see. Sometimes we see the same stuff and obviously me and Mike are like blood brothers or something because he'll send me some eyeballs with the name yeah. next to it and we both like the same player. Yeah. And uh, actually catch me on Saturday. I'll be buying Porkman lunch and he's going to show me tight hips on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You just say catch me. That's about the like, that's a similar phrase to like miss me with that. That was good, Mike. Yeah, that that was good. I was impressed. It was very natural. Very natural. Getting there. And hey, I think we should do an episode where Garrett Price comes on and explains his running back rankings because I think he's a little bit off with his Puka's (laughs) just love. Um, Before we head out, though, we have a question here, and this is a good one. And it's actually a really important question. And I'm not sure who this is. Or can you look on Facebook and see who this is for me? It's still David. Oh, it's David Ibrahim. With the yes. NFL draft coming up soon, is that a good time to offer dynasty trades for people who are panic selling on existing players? If people are selling cheap and it's somebody you want. I think it depends because, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the NFL draft, but we have a pretty good idea. I mean, I wouldn't go out there and try to buy Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I think they're going to replace him. 
I mean, I'm not going to go out there and buy Gardner Minshew. I mean, they talked about trading him, but I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen with that. Or if he goes somewhere, he's a backup still. So like, I mean, it depends. Some players you want to take advantage. Sometimes you know there's a reason that we're selling. And I think it, it even comes down to like Stefan Diggs last season got traded like right after or right recently, like right about this time, I think, too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs is somebody that I've really loved for a long time. Uh, just watching him in Minnesota, just his route running is so crisp and so nasty. So, I mean, he's somebody that like if Juju Smith Schuster or Kenny Galladay go to a place that maybe isn't the most exciting, it could pay off in the end. Like, Stefan Diggs, you probably you, you watching him go in drafts was hysterical because he was going like so late in drafts last season. So maybe you can get a guy cheaper that you that you do like and just take a risk on it and it could pay off. I mean, Stefan Diggs was like a top three wide receiver last season, so good for him. I mean, some he got maybe a little bit lucky and nobody saw Allen playing out of his mind like he did this season, but that's something you can always watch out for too. Yeah, and like for a player example that I would take advantage of this. You know, Marvin Jones signs with the Jags. I mm-hmm. still want LaVisca Chanel. I still want DJ Chark. Mm-hmm. If people are selling, panic selling those two players, you're picking them up. Carlos Hyde signs. I'm still picking up James Robinson if someone's going to panic sure. sell him. You know, yeah. if you can get James Robinson for an elite first, you take that. Yeah, exactly. Nate brings up a good point here. So don't look at the player that's coming in. Look at the other pieces around him. And that's the important aspect mm-hmm. of Dynasty, too, is, okay, we'll just use your Jaguars example. Marvin Jones comes in. Uh, wh- hey, what do you want for Colin Johnson? I'll take a late fourth for him. Sure, here you go. Why not? You know, at, at some point, you have to, you know, you can, you can do these little trades like that that could, again, end up being a piece for another trade later or end up being a bi-week fill-in end up winning you a week too. We've seen it happen all the time. So um, they say in redraft, you know, the starters and the backups in dynasty, you know, the taxi squad players. Mm-hmm. That's the big difference. You really got to You got to dive deep and you have to just evaluate constantly be evaluating and turning over the bottom end of your roster. Yep. Yeah. So, well, Hey, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, really want to say that I appreciate everybody coming in with the comments and asking the questions. Those are the type of questions that we are here for. That's what we want to do. We're all dynasty all the time. Any redraft stuff. There's plenty of stuff out there. You can listen to the FFA saw fantasy and frames. You can listen to the fantasy footballers. Those guys are going to help you out better than we can. We're just going to help you. We're going to help you with trades, managing your roster, and we're going to help you finding the right prospects for your team. But before we head out, Chev, I believe you have something for us. Yep, so we're going to be in Colossians 3, 23 through 24. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Uh, so everything that you do, guys, make sure you guys are doing it to your full abilities. I don't know why my lights are not on right now uh, in the background, but Pop them on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, it didn't work. But no, do it to your best abilities. <laughs> yeah, send me what. Uh, do it to your best abilities. Uh, you never know who's watching. Uh, whenever I'm doing stuff at, at work, doing it the best I can, I know the kids are watching. I'm trying to send a good example. Uh, and people see that stuff. You may not think it, but uh, it truly does matter to people that may be in my program. They see that I'm working my best to truly make it the best that it can be. Uh, so doing the best that you can at everything is always a huge thing to do. Uh, I think Nate would really agree doing it in fantasy as well, trying to do the best that you can at all times. Uh, Cause it's, it's a, uh, 
it's just a character thing, being the best you can. All right, Chev. Amazing words from an amazing guy. Um, always. Um, how do I take you off full screen now? Hold on a second. I don't know, I'm pretty ugly right now. Right, we got right. Here. <laughs> Look like Andy. Andy Luck. <laughs> no, you're. Let me. Let me see your neck. No, I'm, Chef, hoping, he Chef goes, got I'm the... hoping he goes to the Bears, man. Maybe that's maybe that's my new goal. Just keep the neck beard and hope. I was actually hoping that either Teddy Bridgewater or Gardner Minshew would go to the Bears. To be honest with you, I thought it would have been great, but it did not happen. But, Chef, thank you again for your great words, like always. Great words from a great man, like I like to say about Chef. And until next time, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Chef Boyardee, boy with an eye. All right. And, Nate, how about yourself? You can find me at Nate NFL. Okay. And, Phil Porkman Simmons, where can we find you? You can find me at FF Porkman. Okay. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something else. And until next Tuesday at 6.30 p.m., I have to thank these guys right here. You can catch me one-on-one with Andy Holloway. I don't know if that's going to be recorded or live stream yet. We're going to leave that up to him. Yes, I said that. It's happening. So I got to thank my crew for setting that up for me. Pork, Chev, Nate, all the other guys and gals behind the scenes, thank you so much for setting that up. I'm actually getting nervous thinking about it. But until then. You can find me on Twitter at Rewind CEO. I would much prefer that you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Check out our Patreon. It is amazing. We have a group chat. And uh, Shane Mano will tell you it is not the most amazing group chat because the Trades HQ one is, which is probably true. I wouldn't know. I don't do group chats very often. But uh, I did just record an IDP episode with Bob Van, Bob Van underscore IDP. Uh, we talked about some linebackers, six of them. I don't, Chaz Sherratt was mentioned. And then I was given some guff about liking his brother Sage. But check all that stuff out. It's cheap. Eight bucks a month for the premium package. And until then, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I guess I should bring up the outro. And here you go. See you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.